The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Streaks in. Streaks in. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. Victory Monday here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Live from the star in Frisco, Texas, as the Cowboys dismantle the Washington Commanders and go home happy on Thanksgiving. 45 to 10, the final score. It's 40 burgers on Thanksgiving and a record-breaking performance from the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome in, everybody. Glad you're with us. <clears throat> Today it's just uh it's just me and Isaiah. That's okay, but we're like Ren and Stimpy happy. <laughs> that's, you know what, that's what it is. Did you ever watch Ren and Stimpy? Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, that's joy. A good one. If you guys forgot about that, go pull that up on YouTube. But yeah, they, they took care of business, man. Smacked up the Washington Commanders. Uh, looked like it was going to be close there for a second, and then they just took off. Yeah. Just absolutely took off with it. There was a moment where we were fighting the itis after getting some of Isaiah's smoked mac and cheese. Dude, it getting, was so good this it year. Was I made a couple alterations, and I, yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Well done. But we were we were finishing up Thanksgiving dinner and just kind of watching the end of the, the third quarter. It was the end of the third quarter when it was 20 to 10. Mm-hmm. And we were all looking at each other. It was me, you, Barry, and Nate. And we're like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. This this game hasn't really... Uh, no flair to it. Yeah. Zero flair. Yeah. And then all the flair happened in the fourth quarter. Ooh, 25 yeah. points put up by the Cowboys. And I think there's a, a bit of maybe false... Maybe not, not false hope, mm-hmm. but false uh, a false sense of security in okay. the fact that they did perform as well as they did in just the final quarter as okay. opposed to what they did over the course of the game. But uh, it, it goes back to what we've talked about over the last three or four weeks is this is a team that is playing games they should win against teams they should beat. And all you've got to do is check these boxes along the way, and they've continued to check the boxes. They have checked the boxes, and I know that's the topic of discussion right now. And I know um, in particularly, um, I think Dan Orlovsky on ESPN made a comment about how the Cowboys haven't played anybody, how they haven't played, how they haven't beat any teams with a record over 500. Um, And that was the discussion, pretty much saying that, hey, Dallas, you can't put Dallas on this pedestal because their competition hasn't, necessarily been up to par with those other teams that you would classify as elite in this league right mm-hmm. now. And to that I say we don't control the schedule. No. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys don't control who they play. What they do control is the result of who they play. And people are going to look back at the at some of the games that they've dropped against the San Francisco and and particularly the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are two of the teams, I would say probably the top five teams in the league that people are going to compare Dallas to yeah. when they start talking about this level of hierarchy um, and whether or not they're in this elite status. And, yes, they learned something from both of those games. I think that uh, the 49ers game was an eye-opener for them, and I believe that the Eagles game um, helped them to realize how much closer they were 
following that 49ers loss, right? How much how much room they covered in terms of the the differential between them and the level of competition that people classify as elite. Yeah. They closed that gap. Um, but now as you go forward and you start playing games, right? Yeah, you're facing some of the worst teams in the NFL, but you're doing what you need to do to handle them and to check the boxes to your point that you needed to check, right? You start running the ball more effectively. You start getting your playmakers a ball in their hand, Dax being more efficient. You're handling your red zone problems that you had in the beginning of the year. You're getting your tight ends involved. Like all these things that you needed to do early on in the season, now you're going down this list and you're literally Mm -hmm. just checking them off. And that's what you do with these games. If you can play better teams, you would play better teams. But guess what? This is what it is. This is what's in your lap. How can we improve during this part of our season to help propel us for the second half of the season, which we know will be more difficult? Well, you look at even some of the the boxes that were not checked previously mm-hmm. at all. Like you said, tight ends, confidence level in, in your weapons, your yep. wide receivers, uh, pass protection from a guy like Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's turned into oh, he's has a great block, phenomenal pass protector. Which, if you're if you're not watching the All Twenty Two, and and I don't blame you if you're not. I mean, that's just part of it. Sure. If you're not watching the All Twenty Two, you might have the the general sense of oh, Tony Pollard's not a good pass smaller blocker. guy, can block. Yeah. He's a phenomenal pass blocker. He's been fantastic yep. this year, and you got to give credit where credit is due because he's he's built that element of his game, and Absolutely. he's also become a more physical runner at the same time. So there's there's ways that this team has evolved. Yes, and and yes, they are playing teams below 500. That's just part of it. Can't control it. They've only played two teams above 500, yep. and they've got a chance to beat one this week. Correct against Seattle, they've got a chance to to maybe make a statement at home, keep the wins. Tr- Win streak at AT and T Stadium, rolling, but you got to take advantage the way uh, that they have against these smaller teams, these these below five hundred teams, mm-hmm. because they're not barely winning these yeah. games. Yeah. They are blowing teams out. <laughs> I mean, this is the sixth game, seventh game, sixth or seventh game where they've had twenty points or more in their victory. Yeah, it's incredible mm-hmm. what they're what they're doing. This is the NFL. This isn't college. Yeah, this isn't college. The seventh game. By 20 points or more in 2023, that's tied with the 1968 Cowboys team for most such games in franchise history. The last team in the NFL to win seven games by 20 points or more was the 2007 Patriots. You might remember those Mm. 2007 Patriots. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty good. They were uh, undefeated going into the Super Bowl before losing to the Giants. So it's pretty impressive what they're doing. Yeah, I just don't really – I mean, again, I don't really care to really address it too much, but I don't know what people's expectations are of the Cowboys right now. If you're handling your opponents like this, if the first part of your season is when you face the better teams and you you have obviously got smacked in the mouth, Okay, there's no no if ands or buts about that. You got smacked in the mouth and then you closed that gap and you lost a, a tight game to your to your divisional woes. Now you know where you're at. And now you take those things, you take those life lessons from those games. You go back, you critique those things, you address all the areas that you needed to improve upon, and now all of a sudden you've improved even more. You're not giving up sacks, right? You're not turning the ball over. You're, you're, all your playmakers that you that you need to make plays are starting to make plays. You're getting involved. I mean, guys are the, the officer coordinator slash head coach, whatever you want to call him. All right, he has figured out his groove in this offense, and things are just clicking. And then obviously you click, you go to the defensive side of the ball. You've lost two of your Pro Bowl starters. Yeah, you've lost two of your starters, but yet you found a way to still force turnovers. And that, and people don't want to give credit to it, regardless of the level of competition. To your point, Kyle, these guys are professional athletes. You still have to go out there and make plays. You still have assignments that you have to do. You still have to dominate your opponent. Um, 
and you and you just have to go out there and take care of business. And we, as we start talking about Deron Bland, look at what he's done. Look at what he's done. Look at what this coaching staff, you know, and Al Harris has done with that room, and how he's developed that player, and how he's how far along he's come since the time from his college, what he did in college, where, where he had five interceptions of all five of college, picks. all right, and then he had five interceptions as a rookie, yep. and now he has seven interceptions. It's insane. As a as a second year player, five of those were ran back. Come on now, people it's understand. It's insane, right? So the development of what these coaches are doing in these rooms. You talk about Tony Pollard and how he's improved. People are going to look at his stats and say, "Yeah, Tony Pollard's, you know, he's not he's not rushing the way he needs to." And I don't think that's because of a lack of his abilities. I think it's a, a underutilization, much like it was with Brandon Cooks. It wasn't Brandon Cooks couldn't make the plays. Brandon Cooks can't run routes. He can't get the ball. No, they just weren't giving him the ball. Yeah. When they decided to give him the ball, what did he do? Went off for 170 yards. Okay, so that's what happened. Then he follows it up and scores again, right? So it's the underutilization. But while in that underutilization, instead of getting frustrated, Tony Potter looks at it and says, okay, here's an opportunity for me to improve the aspects of my game that people perceive me as not being very good at. So let me improve my blocking. I wasn't the blocking guy. That was Ezekiel Elliott's job. That was his role. But in order for me to be a number one back in this league and to prove that I'm worth anything, I have to improve on my blocking. So what are we doing? We're sitting there watching the games. This dude is shooting the knees out from blitzing linebackers and giving Dak all the time he needs to sit back there, not feel the pressure, not get sacked. Offensive line is doing a good job. We talked about uh, Terrence Steele and his issues that he had a couple weeks ago, and everybody was like, oh, did we overpay this guy? Did, yeah. did we do it too early? And what did Terrence Steele do? He just went back, watched the film, corrected it, worked with the offensive line coach. They took care of their assignments, and now all of a sudden, nobody's getting by this guy whatsoever. Right? The interior offense, we talk about uh, Tyler Biotis, talk about Zach Martin, and how that right side of the line was struggling. I don't hadn't seen hadn't anything seen it. since then. Right? Yeah. They, those guys. I, last time I checked, Washington still has them Bama boys yep. on the inside, and mm-hmm. the Bama boys didn't didn't have any pressure. So everything that you can control outside of your schedule. You are controlling, and they're getting better. And I'm looking forward to them starting to face tougher competition through the rest of the season. Yeah, you, you mentioned the offensive line and Tony Pollard. We'll talk about that in the second segment, but we got to talk about Deron Bland. Oh, let's and, talk about DB. what he's done. I mean, you could hear the excitement from from Jim Nance in the call. I mean, NFL history is call. one thing. This was, I mean, the fact that it's been 11 games, yeah. and he's already had five interceptions returned for a touchdown. I, my wife asked me about it the other day. She she was like, so there's never been a player in NFL history that's had five pick sixes in a season. She was like, I feel like that's that should be off. That should be wrong. And I was like, well, if you think about it, if you have five interceptions, you're among the league leaders mm-hmm. in interceptions. Yeah. If you have five picks in a year, that's an incredible year. Picks. Yep. If you return any uh, more than one back, that's a good year. Yep. If you have two or three pick sixes, that's a phenomenal year. Nobody, I mean, only like what? What was it? Four guys now. Now five guys have had four pick sixes in a season, and there's only one that has five. And what DeBron Bland's doing, and he hasn't been perfect. He's had his lumps. Yeah, that's the, that's part of the nature of the cornerback position. Absolutely. But he is such a weapon. Yeah. Whenever you have somebody who can take it back to the house, and you could tell whenever he picked that ball off, he wasn't going to be denied. Mm-mm. He was not going to be taken to the ground. He shook out Sam Howell, then he splits in between Brian Robinson and 
I can't remember who the other Washington yeah. commander was. Split right through yeah, those two I, yeah, guys. I don't know how he how he made that happen. It was but, a phenomenal move. But people are trying to write that off because of the level of competition that Dallas has faced, right? And he's just getting gimmies, right? Okay. This dude has had an interception in over 40% of his games. That's insane. Over 40% of his 28 <laughs> games, this dude has a pick. If You know, the weighted average. Which is absolutely oh, insane. Man. So you start talking about dominant cornerbacks in this league you start talking about defensive players of the year i don't care how small of a of a, of a name he might may have been i don't care where he was drafted at yeah this dude is at the top of the league in terms of defenders regardless of the position this dude is up for defensive player of the year he has to be in that conversation they need to put some respect on it if they don't want to put respect on it he's going to keep making them pay until they do from the 308, this is Champ from the 308. He said, new nickname for Deron Bland. He said, Mr. Steal Your Ball. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Steal Your Ball. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. Um, it, the, the, the next man up is such a cliche in this league. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not even just this league, right? You go all the way down to Little League, right? All coaches say it. Next man up. Next man up. But this dude takes it to heart. Last year, this dude was the fourth cornerback on this roster. Yeah. Depth chart-wise. And then what happens? Jay Lou goes down. What does he do? Steps into the fold as a rookie, right? After not playing, what, the first 10 games, something like that? Is mm-hmm. that what it was? And not yeah. playing the first 10 games, steps in and pick, 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 pick. Five picks and, you know, five picks in the, on the year. And now he comes back. He's the what? Again, Jay Lou comes back. He's now, again, the fourth, the fourth uh, defensive pack on his roster. This time, Trayvon Diggs goes down. So he says, don't worry about it. I know I normally play the slot, but I got you guys. I'm going to bump outside. I'll help out. Not any of the other guys. We're not talking about Nation Wright. Not talking about Israel McQuamu. We're not talking about Eric Scott Jr. None of these other guys. We're talking about somebody who plays the nickelback, bumps outside, and does what he's doing this year against anybody who steps out against him. I don't care who lines up across from this guy. This dude is taking care of business, um, and they're paying for it, man. And I and I just love to see it. And you talk about somebody who deserves it, who's humble, who just works and puts in his time and. Puts in this effort. We watch him at training camp, and all he all he does is just sit in the hip pocket of Al Harris and Trayvon Diggs, and just get wisdom all day long. And then he just goes out there and applies it, man. And that he is like the he is the definition of a, of a professional, even in this second year of his of his career. It, it it's incredible what he's doing, and I, I think the the conversation now shifts to should he be in the defensive player of the year conversation we we talked about it a little bit last week i think now he's squarely in that conversation yeah. uh first defensive player to score or first non-offensive player to score five touchdowns in a season since jj watt in 2014 if you go back to 2014 and you remember what jj watt was doing he had, he he was second in MVP voting behind Aaron Rodgers, who won the MVP. Uh, he was ahead of DeMarco Murray in that 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 season. And you remember the type of season that DeMarco Murray had, where he had 1,800 rushing yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. But J.J. Watt was second. He had, a, he had a 26% share of the votes behind Aaron Rodgers in the MVP voting. Of course, he did win Defensive Player of the Year. And I get Miles Garrett and what Miles Garrett is doing with Cleveland right now, and and the sacks are there, and there's a legitimate conversation for what Miles Garrett has done. But the sacks happen. Twenty, unless you're getting close to breaking NFL sack records, I don't think you can really 
compare the two, and especially with 11 games left, if Deron Bland continues on this pace that he's on, he could have six or seven pick sixes. Can I ask you a question, Kyle? Uh, Of course. At this point in the season, would you consider CeeDee Lamb an all-pro? Yeah. Yeah, actually. I I totally would. How many touchdowns does CeeDee Lamb have? Six. Or does he have five? He has five. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So just so people out there understand what I'm getting at, CeeDee Lamb has 74 receptions, 1,000 yards, 1,013 yards to be exact, and five receiving touchdowns. Deron Bland has five receiving touchdowns. That was that. Those were his stats going into the going game. Going into the game. He, I'm sorry, he has so six. My apologies. He has six touchdowns My now, uh, but he has 1,066. Same thing, though. Same thing, though. Okay. I mean. So he's your second leading yeah. receiving. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a receiver, but he's received these touchdowns no. because he's intercepted them out the air from opposing quarterbacks. Um, people have to just understand how difficult this is. You don't just fall into position. I hope people go back and watch. Was it last week? It was the week before we did Deron Bland breakdown on Film Room, right? Uh, last week. Was it last week? Yeah. Okay, go back and go to, to the Cowboys YouTube page and look up Film Room. And it was last week where we broke down how Deron Bland is making these plays. This is not – he's fell into one interception. One interception has fell into his lap. Yeah. That was his first interception. Against and in week one, that was when Giants, Trayvon, when laid, Trayvon the laid the wood yep. on Saquon Barkley. The ball popped up while they were in cover two zone and literally he fell into right place, right time. Johnny on the spot playing in his zone. The ball fell in his lap. He ran it back for a touchdown. Outside of that, people have tried him and they've paid dearly. Yeah. So four of those seven, sorry, let me run that back. Six of those seven interceptions, he worked for them. Yeah. He broke on the ball. He made a heck of a play. He jumped up and grabbed one. I think that was a toss-up that people can kind of say, oh, well, that one kind of fell on his lap. All right. He went at high point of that. So take away two interceptions if you want to. All right. He still has five. <laughs> All right. He still has five if you want to discredit him for the other two plays that kind of fell his way. This dude is working his butt off. This dude is an absolute beast. And if you haven't watched the video yet, he is, his closing speed is what's really allowing him to make these plays. He is bait, It's almost like baiting somebody. But he's, I don't know if he's intentionally baiting them or if they just see that there's space between the defensive back, him, and the receiver. And they're like, oh, I can get the ball there. And Deron Bland is like, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> and he just closes what appears to be a two-yard differential between the, runner, the receiver at the top of their route and, the, and where he's at. And he closes that gap. And not only is he closing that gap in the two-yard gaps, he's closing it three yards by stepping in front of the receiver, intercepting it, and running it back. And his closing speed is absolutely insane. Man, it, if eligible, Deron Bland would be currently tied for 14th in the league for receiving touchdowns. The only, only players with more receiving touchdowns, and this is – it's a list. I mean, it's a longer list. There are 13 names above him. It's all good. But it's a list that's pretty impressive. So you're talking about those guys that get paid to receive the ball. That that catch the football okay. for money gotcha. in the NFL. Okay. Tyree Kill, mm. Cortland Sutton, mm. Keenan Allen, mm. Stephon Diggs. Okay. Mike Evans, Jordan Addison, Romeo Dobbs, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, Jamar Chase, Tank Dell, and Mark Andrews. Those those are the only players in the NFL that have more receiving touchdowns than what Deron Bland has from a pick six standpoint. So what you're saying is if you could put a cornerback on your fantasy football lineup, he'd be... All he will be a starter. Yeah. A weekly starter easy. for you. Yeah. Because of the probability of him getting a pick six. Easy. It'd be easy money. Also, wow. if we're talking about 
the the sack leaders in the NFL right now, and if we're talking about these guys being the number one competition yeah. for Deron Bland being defensive player of the year, TJ Watt leads the way with 13 and a half sacks right now. He has 13 and a half sacks. He's the one that leads the way, followed by Khalil Mack with 13, Miles Garrett with 13. Would you rather have 13 sacks or five defensive touchdowns? I'll put it to you this way, Kyle. I'll answer your question mm-hmm. with this stat. With, with another stat. 13 and a half sacks is leading the NFL right now, correct? Yeah, correct. In order to break the sack record, yeah. you, need that, you need 23 sacks. Correct. To break the record. To break it. To break it. Mm-hmm. Deron Bland's already broken the interception return for touchdown record, correct? Yeah. Yep. So he's already, what was, what's been on the record books, mm-hmm. he's already broken that. Already passed it. Already surpassed it. Out of okay, there. but yet these other guys that they're comparing him to are chasing something that's already pre-existing. Yeah, I'm just 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 wondering if that's. I think you're right. Okay, just I really do. I think if if the one thing that's going to be against him is because of the name, because of the 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 when some of these pick sixes have happened in the games, it hasn't been in crucial moments. Like Listen, that's what's going to go against him. In this, and I hate it. It because is because it much doesn't need to be more. Now this is. My opinion, but I'm sure most guys who played in the NFL would back this opinion. It is substantially more difficult to get a pick six in this NFL than it is to get a sack. Yeah, it, not even close. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Seven interceptions, five ran back. Yeah. Well, and imagine if he, let's say he doesn't get another pick six all year. He doesn't. <laughs> and by the way, somebody uh, texted just a couple moments ago and said, I'm foreseeing Bland getting two more pick sixes, by the way. Dude, I, I, I mean, my projection was could, him was his pick be. six going to be in was going to be in a Philadelphia game. You remember that on last yeah, week's show? I do. I said he was going to get the pick six in Philadelphia, so I was off by some games. Yeah. I was off. I was, I was, yeah. Yeah. I my fault, Deron Bland. I, I didn't put respect on you. Darn. Darn it. <laughs> Darn it. Dang it. But if, let's say he doesn't have a pick six the rest of the way, mm-hmm. but he gets three more picks just in general. He better win. That's, Ten interceptions in five pick sixes. Listen, the only way that I can foresee him, the only re- way that they can justify, I'll put it this way because I'm going to go ahead and put him in the front of this conversation. Sure. The only way they can justify him not getting defensive player of the year at this point is if he has a tremendous fall off. Not even talking about just interceptions. He doesn't have to get any more interceptions, right? Um, it would help his case. But if guys just start running routes, catching balls all over him, right, and his percentage of passes completed against him goes substantially down, yeah. I could see that being a case. And or somebody breaks the sack record. Outside of that, yeah. I can't see it. If somebody hits 20 sacks on a season and, and Deron Bland goes out there and, and says he, say he gets one more pick and he has eight picks on the year and five ran back for touchdowns, yeah. like how can you give that to somebody else? He's no. already broken the record. Yeah, he can't control what the record was, but there's been some damn good uh, defensive backs in his league. Some really good ones, actually. Some that played here. Yeah, yeah, considered yeah. to be the greatest. Yeah, and he didn't do this. No, nobody's done it. Nobody, nobody. It's incredible what he's doing, yeah. and and I think Cowboys Nation understands it. Uh, he's turned into a fan favorite by far, just because of how exciting it is, how humble he is. He's one of my favorite athletes yeah. I've ever covered, any sport, any level. Yeah. Ever since we uh, did the Ricky premiere. Yeah, he's been one of my favorites. He's been yeah. phenomenal ever since. Uh, and he hasn't changed either. That's the coolest part. Is you, Yeah, you and I got to I got to do his 30-visit interview nice. and, and talked with him at the 30-visit interview. I need to go back and find that. Yeah. The 
Pull the receipt. But we did the 30 visit. Yeah, pull the receipt. <laughs> uh, did the 30 visit interview and then did the draft calls yep. and then it, we did the rookie premiere together. Yep. And, and all of these things have led up. He's the same, same exact dude. guy. Same dude. Which is really cool. Just some all more right. interceptions. Yeah, just five pick sixes. <laughs> when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we'll shift back to the offensive side of things. Offensive line woes, are they in the rearview mirror? And is this team showing continuity up front? When we come back right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from my next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Big week for Isaiah Stanback. Let's go. Big week. It's not only Seattle week. Seahawks are in town, baby. Seahawks in town. You've, you've got friends going to the Ooh, game, right? I got 20 people coming down. Do you really? Yeah, it's going to be live. Our pregame God. show is going to be live. Yeah, at the stadium. At the stadium. <laughs> it's going to be live and chilly, but it's going to be live. It's going to be a little chilly. It's going to be a little chilly, but it's that's all right. That's all right. Put your, put your chunky drawers on and come out there and kick it <laughs> with us one hour before kickoff. We're going to be outside in that thing. Myself, myself KY, mm. Nicole might be out there. We got we got Barry Church. We got Nate Newton. Things going to be off the chains, and there's going to be plenty of fans because Seattle travels. Yep. Seattle fans travel, and trust me, I know a lot of people that are coming down here for this game, and they're hyped. Regardless yeah. of how bad they've been doing lately, they're hype. Yeah. 
Yep. 6 p.m. Central Time, right there at AT&T Stadium. We are on the AT&T East Plaza is where mm-hmm. we'll be. Can't wait. Yeah. I love being out at the stadium. We'll be there for this game and then Detroit later in the Ooh. year because Jimmy Johnson's going into the Ring of Honor. Oh, I heard about that. I don't know if we'll be outside for Detroit. We're going to try and get on the field for that one. Oh. And the reason being, we're going to just have an extra chair and then bring across a lot of Nate's I like teammates. It. I like it. That'd be dope. Former teammates. Kind of bring them in. You know why out. else is a good week, though? Why is that? Then Washington Huskies are playing in that's, the Pac-12 that's championship. That's what I was initially it's okay. Alluding to? okay. I know. I know. This is it's a big week for Seattle. Can they beat Oregon? Can they beat Oregon? You mean again? Exactly. Oh, yeah. We can handle them again. You think so? We already took care of them. Bonex playing pretty good football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 37 years old. I hope so. They, <laughs> they squeezed past Washington State. That was a tight it's, game. It's a rivalry game, man. It was a rivalry all, game. All bets are off on rivalry Throw games. out the records. Yeah, throw out the records. They got, it done. they got it done. They got it done. And they gave their kicker a scholarship. That was cool. That was pretty that awesome. That was very cool. Uh, from the 845, Isaiah is a really great listen, spot on with his opinions. Love how he gets the point across. I agree. Appreciate you. I agree with that one. From the 910, just wanted to text and say congrats to the Kyle Yeomans. Yeah. Uh, and for those who might not know what that is. They don't my, follow you on social? Well, if not, not everybody does. Jeez, not do. everybody does. If you don't, at Kyle underscore Yeomans. My wife and I announced that I am now entering fatherhood. So there you go. I'm going to be a dad Save coming the up money. this year. Give me the baby. Can't wait. I know you can't. It'll be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uncle I'm Zay's here. Really excited. And congratulations to Caden Gates, who's KG. one of our lead producers here with the uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. Caden uh, got married yesterday. I wonder why he's not at work today. He's definitely not at work today. <laughs> there is no way he's No way. Work. So he got married yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah. Lots going on yeah. across the star. It's a big week. There's a lot going on up front for the Cowboys, too. Okay, let's talk about it. Not only is Dak Prescott still playing very good football mm-hmm. and still throwing the rock around with a high efficiency rate, but uh, we've gotten to see this offensive line continue to work in the mm-hmm. right direction, continue to go moving in the right direction because it, it, there were times early in the year, and I know this show has certainly talked about it, that we uh, – that we were worried about what the offensive line has been doing. Do you feel like that those worries are now in the rearview mirror for good? I would like to say so, mm-hmm. but they're going to be tested. I mean, some of these defensive lines that they have coming up are going to be difficult, starting with Seattle. Seattle has some dogs up front. Obviously, Big Leonard Williams is back over there. Um, they can't run away from him. He just picked a new home. Um, then, you know, you think about Philadelphia – is going to pop back up on the schedule. You'll see Washington again on the schedule. You took care of them handily, but they still have guys you have to respect. Detroit Lions have some guys that just, they're on some jack juice. They just don't stop, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have some challenges that are going to present themselves. And, you know, Dak's not going to be walk away every single time with his jersey as clean as it is when he started the game. Yeah. So you have those things that you're going to have to take on, and you'll make adjustments. You'll make adjustments, but I do believe that this offensive line is substantially further along than they were at the beginning of the season or even the middle of the season. These guys have improved every single week, and those hardships that they had, they've taken it to heart, and it is how they respond to them. People have unrealistic expectations of teams, of players, of coaches to think that you're not going to have pitfalls, you're not going to have hurdles that you have to overcome. What you need to be paying attention to is when those things present themselves, how does your team, player, coach respond and adjust to those different situations? Are there going to be reoccurring issues? Right? There's one reoccurring issue on this team that has not been addressed, and that is the penalties. Hmm. Outside of that, everybody has improved 
on everything. Rush defense, improve, right? Turnover margin, improve. Protection, improve. Dax accuracy, improved. All these things have improved. Playmakers getting the ball, offense running the ball. All these things have improved. The only thing that hasn't improved is just the penalties. And it's been overlooked because of how bad you're beating these teams, but they're going to rear their ugly head in closer, more competitive games. But people need to just look at it and say, how is my team responding to this one issue that they're having or these multiple issues? Are we advancing and and, and gaining ground or are we staying kind of in the same rut? And I think when you look at the Cowboys as a snapshot, you have to admit they have improved in absolutely everything except that one category. And even that category, I feel like, is... It's much it's much more improved upon what it was last year. Yeah. I mean, the, and the year before that. I mean, penalties were mm-hmm. especially early in the Mike McCarthy tenure a mm-hmm. number one concern. I don't know if it's a number one concern anymore. And yes, there's ways that you yeah. can improve upon that as the season goes on. I think you're right, though. I I don't know if the offensive line woes are gone for good, mm-hmm. just because you still got to play teams like. Miami and uh, and Buffalo, mm-hmm. Philadelphia again, um, Detroit, mm-hmm. who's been phenomenal yeah. off that th- that defensive line. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson yep. is continuing to play really, really good yeah. football. He's a mad man. There, there are so many different plays, or excuse me, teams along the way that you're going to see, and we knew this going in. It's kind of like what the the conversation was in the first segment. With the way that the schedule is built, it is very back-heavy. Very much so. Very back-heavy. Philadelphia is in the heat of their schedule right now. Dallas will be in the heat of their schedule. I would would consider starting this week. Starting this week, this is the heat of the schedule. But you've got to continue playing at just as high of a level as you have been these last three weeks. Can they continue to do that? I think so. I think they can. But, again, the challenges that they're going to be presented with are going to change weekly. They're going to change weekly. This starting this week, there's going to be the interior. Okay, they have some really young second level uh, defenders that can that can make some plays. They they handle they have their share of blitzes and things like that. So this week they'll have a big big presence on the inside, and then you'll have to see how you respond to blitz. Right? They're gonna they're gonna they're definitely gonna bring the heat and try to get after you because they feel like they have the guys outside to play man to man. Then you go to teams like Philadelphia, where you have waves of defensive linemen. Yep. Right, you have literally just—they're everywhere. They're everywhere, right? You can't get away from them. So you're going to have that as a problem, especially with their interior pressure. But then you have their big dogs on the outside. They run a three-four scheme a lot of the time, so that presents a whole other blocking scheme issue for you, right? So those are two different schemes that you're going to face, two different problems. Then when you get to the Detroit, you have guys that just have motors that just don't stop. Those—that's not a team that's going to necessarily scheme you up. Uh, great, they're not going to blitz a whole bunch, but their defensive ends just go. Right. And like, how do you handle that? How is Terrence Steele going to respond to that? How is Tyron Smith going to handle some guys that are, are bigger defensive ends that just have high motors? They're not looking to do a bunch of spin moves. They just want to beat you around the edge. So every week's going to present a different problem. So it's hard to just look at it and say, oh, yeah, well, Dallas is they're good going forward. Every week you have to see how you're going to address that problem. And then if you do suffer with it, how do you re- how do you make alterations during the game to make sure that you combat it well enough to win the ball game? It's super impressive of how many snaps Dak Prescott has taken. Now, not all of these are passing attempts, but 175 snaps, over 175 Mm -hmm. snaps. It's actually probably going to be closer to maybe 200. In the Philadelphia game, it's the last time he was sacked. Last time that he was sacked in in general. So it's, it's, it's impressive what this offensive line is doing. 
You, you mentioned Terrence Steele in the last segment. What have you seen from him over these last few weeks as he's continued to move in the right direction? I think he's honed in on his technique. Yeah. I think that for whatever was going on in his head, he was feeling as if he had to chase defenders, and it was getting him out of position. He was going, and the guys were lining up in really wide techniques, whether it be nine shades or even further outside than that, um, to where he feels like you know he's sitting in the stance and he's with his right leg back and he's looking outside, and they're so wide that he was starting to turn his body laterally or parallel to the line of scrimmage, and um, it wasn't working out for him because it was creating a short edge and his feet got bad and guys were just beating him around the corner or crossing back across his face. Now I think he's doing a lot, a much better job of sitting inside and really trusting his technique, right? Whether that's him having more confidence in his knee or whether that's just him getting coached up to, to rest assured in his technique. Either way, it's helping him out and guys are not beating him anymore. Um, he's recognizing that guys have to come through me to get to my QB. Uh there are a couple different things I think on the text line right now mm-hmm. that I'm I'm looking through at the moment. Uh, number one, Maurice in Tacoma, Washington says, "Kyle, I'm gonna need you to put a little more respect on two things. Number one, go dogs. Yes, sir. I, I, I had to throw that one out yeah, there. Yeah, let's go. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to get the the back half of this. You might be able to help me with this. Uh, it's just all broken up in the multiple text yeah. messages." I feel like you're downplaying the work to run Bland is putting in. The, yeah, putting the, the Deron Bland yeah. is putting in. I, what am I downplaying? I don't. I don't yeah, Kyle. he's the defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah, that's mis- what I. That's what I'm saying. You, you misheard. What I think Kyle you misheard yeah, what it is. It's okay. He did say wolf at the end, so there you go. There you go. Yeah, he's dogs, just trying. He's just trying to day. put dogs in there. Hey man, dogs hunt. Hunt. Uh, you know, ducks. So that's there you go. <clears throat> All right, we got to take our second break. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we're not going to do smelly stickers today okay. because we want to make sure Nick and John and yeah. everybody can be involved. We're team players. We will do smelly stickers tomorrow. Okay. Uh, we'll get that the helmet back down here. But when we come back, we're going to look ahead to the Seattle matchup. It is a short week. Let's go. It is a short week and the, a chance for this Cowboys team <clears throat> to get a win against a team with a winning record. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's Get Jack 
jetblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Mario in South Texas says, here's just a little nugget. A couple of Cowboys streaks ended on Thursday, and I saw this happening right at the end of the game. Cowboys had not allowed a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard receiver, or a 100-yard rusher. They did not allow a 100-yard rusher, but they Curtis Samuel had 100 yards even, and Sam Howell had 300 yards even. Hmm. And so both of those streaks ended for the Cowboys. Oh, they were the only team in the NFL that did not allow any of those three things. A 300-yard passer, 100-yard okay. rusher, and a 100-yard receiver. I think we're okay. You think we're okay? I think they're okay. I think they beat them 45 to 10. Is so. that what happened? That's what happened. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Going into Seattle, where do you feel like this team has the biggest advantage over mm. the Seahawks? I don't think Seattle's offense is clicking mm-hmm. right now. Um, so I think that Dan Quinn against his former team um, has an advantage in that regard. Um, not necessarily personnel-wise on the outside, so I guess at the defensive back position, but more so uh, in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I, think I don't think their offensive line worries have been handled. And down in Seattle has been downplaying their necessity for spending money at the offensive line position for years, ever since the Super Bowl time, so they they went back to back um, when they were at the top of the league in terms of money being allocated to offensive linemen. Now they're near the bottom still, yeah. and they're still struggling. Um, luckily, they have an athletic quarterback who gets them out of trouble, but they have not been they haven't had the time to get their playmakers the ball, and they have a ton of playmakers yeah. offensively. You talk about the receiver position, you got Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, um, Jackson, Jackson Smith, Smith and Jigba. Jigba. Yeah. I mean, they got a ton of speed, ton of weapons. Everybody knows about it, but you look at those guys' stats this year, and they're very underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, they're coming off of back-to-back losses. Yep. Los Angeles Rams in Week 11, Week 12, it was San Francisco 31-13. Uh, their last win was against Washington, 29-26. Most of their wins have been tightly contested yes, wins. Uh, they, they beat the Browns 24-10. That's a pretty good win. Uh, beat the Cardinals by 10. New York earlier in the year, they beat Carolina by 10. Beat Detroit by 6. That's a big win, too. So they've they've had big wins, but they've also lost to the Rams twice. They lost to the Bengals. They lost to the Ravens. 
Uh, and they've got a pretty tough schedule coming up, too. How about these four games for, for the Seattle Seahawks? San Francisco, Dallas, San Francisco, Philly. Yeah, Those are their yeah. four. That's their month of November uh, that they've or the month of November going into December. Yeah, their schedule sucks too. But I mean, you talk about their lack of offensive production right now. I believe that Ceedee Lamb might have a hundred yards less or around there than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett combined. Yeah, which is absolutely insanity. That's pretty wild. It's it's ridiculous. So I'm talking when I'm talking about the underutilization. That's where they're at. As long as they continue to give up pressures and sacks on um and on Gino, then they're gonna continue to struggle. But if you do not get home, if you don't get home, let's not be fooled. They have the guys that can make plays. There's nothing wrong with Tyler Smith. You know, I um not Tyler Smith, but nothing wrong with Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Um, DK Metcalf, whatever issues he was having, he's over those. So these guys can make you pay. Um, but you just have to make sure and utilize your strength, and that's your defensive line, and make sure you get home and put pressure on Geno because he'll give you some opportunities. That's the number one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the number one thing is you got to continue to put pressure on Geno Smith. Dallas has done a good job of putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Absolutely. They have all year long, yep. though. We kind of expected that as the case. Uh, and I, we'll talk more about this whenever we go into QB vision and we're looking at what this defense brings to the table. But uh, do they still – has has their secondary continued to be one of the better secondaries in football? Because they've got some young pieces. Devin Witherspoon on the outside, mm-hmm. Reek Woolen, who was uh, one of the the merger emerging rookies last year yeah. in the secondary. Have they still been playing well enough down I, the stretch? I think so. I mean, I, I think they've had a handful of injuries, um, but overall, they're dangerous. In that regard, you have to be accurate. You can't give them any chances. They have ball hawks out there. So I think as long as Dak continues to to be responsible with the ball, I don't feel like he's going to give them an opportunity to have any opportunities there. But, you know, they're a momentum team. They're they're an energy bus. And, you know, I had the opportunity of of playing there for, for a year. And, you know, Coach Carroll is all about energy, 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 energy. And if you give them hope and give them an opportunity to be in a ball game, things can turn on its head really quickly because it's just taking, like like I've mentioned for years on this podcast, you know, just because you're a professional athlete, you still run off of confidence. And if you, if there's, if those guys have confidence, they can get very productive very quickly. Uh, So you just have to remind them that you're the more dominant team and show them that frequently. And then you won't allow for them to get their mojo going. Got to, got to get the job done at home too. I mean, absolutely. The way that they've been winning games at home has been so impressive. Because again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's not just home wins; it's dis- just destroying just mental, teams yeah. uh, at home. Thirteen consecutive wins at AT and T Stadium, uh, longest active home win streak in the NFL, and longest winning streak by a Cowboys team since nineteen seventy nine through nineteen eighty one, when they won eighteen straight. So. Not only uh, are they winning, but they're outscoring their opponents at home 205 to 60. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're winning that big time. So keep it rolling, and we'll keep it rolling throughout the week here on Talking Cowboys. We should have Nick Harris back tomorrow. We'll also have John Machota as well. We'll have the whole crew. We'll do some smelly stickers tomorrow and then start looking ahead to Seattle on Thursday night Mm. football. It's another short week ahead of time, and we're glad you're with us and glad you're celebrating with us 
here on a Victory Monday. That does it for us today. For Chris Beam in the back, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?